welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Everybody, my name is C.J. Reynolds. I run this channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And what that is, is it is my sort of gift to the, to the t- gift curse. I'm not really sure. It's to the teacher world where I'm trying to... Um, help people out that need help in their classrooms and beyond. And so part of that is every Sunday night, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do this live feed thing where people all show up in the comments section here and they both ask questions and answer questions. They provide support. So some of those people that are over here, like like Chris Carson, like Stephanie Henry, like Hales Teach, like Leah Pratt, like Amy Russell and, and Tracy Pinder and all these folks like um, trying to help people out as well. And then some people just show up because they need a little bit of help to get into Monday and to survive the week and to not to survive, but hopefully like flourish. If this isn't your jam, if you can't make the live feed, I realize that like the time works for a lot of people. It doesn't work for a lot of other people. Um, there's a podcast of this too. You can get everywhere that you get podcasts. Just type in um, Reynolds, Teacher. something to do with Reynolds and talking and teaching and stuff. Jake will let you know maybe where to get that, but um, that's it. Cause Jake turns us into a podcast. And if that's not enough, I do mentoring. You can sign up for mentoring calls at my website, realrapwithreynolds.com. Um, I come to your school and speak and do PD and all that stuff. And the book comes out in March. Teach Your Class Off, the No Bullshit Guide to Teaching. It's coming out, but they crossed out the shit part. So it's just like bullshit. So, um, that's it. Let's answer questions. Okay. I have a video coming out tonight too. So if you're watching this, I have a video right after this. I was like just trying to like finish it, getting uploaded and stuff like that. Um, I really just gotta make wait for you to make the thumbnail. Pre-order. Oh, yeah. when's the pre-order happening? I don't. So when's it coming out? So it comes out in March. That's the date. So I had to have uh, a little bit of transparency. It was I finished the book a while ago. I'm supposed to get my edits back. This like the overall. Ed- situation thing out um which is like they come back and say like how they want to kind of like reorganize the book a little bit which is cool then i had to have a meeting with a sensitivity editor to make sure that i'm not like going to be offensive offensive to anyone and that was a great meeting it was like um talking about that i didn't see it that way or didn't think of it that way so um i had to have that meeting now my edits come back this wednesday i have a week to turn that around get it back to them and then it goes back to them again and they have to like figure out like how, like where in the book things are going to lay out. So you don't want to have like a word or a sentence on a page. It's like, how can they organize that so everything fits right and all the pictures that I sent in where they go, oh, that's, steps. there's, there's a lot of steps. So it like, takes till so much more than we March. ever realized. So yeah. had no idea. I thought you just sent stuff in and they just printed it out, yeah. put a cover on it, Apparently but it's not, um, <laughs> So yeah, but it's been a really great experience. And so March, but I'm I'm trying to like hurry up because so it comes out as early as possible. I don't think that's gonna speed it up. But as soon as we know a pre-order, we'll let everybody else know. Hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Um, is my question? Time. All right, let's go. I'm looking asking in the spirit of Halloween, which short story or book gives you the chills? Oh, I don't read scary stuff. No, you don't. You're not a scary person. Not. Like Halloween's not your jam. No, like my like, bathroom looks like someone got killed in there. And uh, <laughs> Brody really helped me decorate this like year. Warning tape but... all over the place and chains hanging around. It's like not a comfortable place to go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> right? Like you start your day in there, you're like, it doesn't bother me. I mean, uh, it's weird, but I this weird thing in the front mat. You step on it, makes noise. Um, creepy story though. Let me think about that. I'm going to answer that, John Lopez, but I got to think about it for a minute. What do you got? Yeah. Another one? I didn't see that coming. Uh, Robert Jason is saying, I'm a long-term sub. Hold this up. I'm on a long-term sub gig teaching remedial high school math. My students are socializing and disrupting the class while I'm giving instruction. How would you handle this? Um, I've tried sending them out, calling home, et cetera, but they're still disrupting. Jason, what I would do is, I would build relationships, but I would try and do it really quick um, since you don't have maybe as much time as like typical teachers do. Um, I would also 
what is like, a, I'm trying to think of like a trick or, or, or practical way to get that to happen. I would, I think I would not look at whole class. I think that is a mistake sometimes. I think when teachers look at whole class, and this is kind of what my video is about tonight, that's coming out after the live feed, is um, not looking at the whole class, looking at the students that are either trying or, or like, like doing the work, not just trying, or the kids that are trying. So like some kids will like do work for most of the class. I would, if I was teaching math, I would teach the concept for the first 10 minutes or so, and then I would just have them working on stuff the rest of the class. And I would go around and try to pull kids together. So you get kids that are working and then just pull more kids over that are working. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll make like this small circle of people that are all working on stuff. And then I'll pull other kids into that. So what you're doing is you are creating like a class within the class and pulling dudes over. So if someone is not working, you can offer it to them. Hey, if you guys want help, like we're doing the work over here. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. Reynolds. Okay. So just make sure that we're actually, we're actually getting it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're lying, but what you're doing is creating the class within the class. And at the end, I'd give them candy or some kind of sticker or just encouragement. Look, you see, like, and then, and then I would have that not take the whole class. Then I would let those dudes maybe work on something else, maybe have a study hall, maybe do some like, so because you're helping them get through the subject matter quicker and you're showing there's an incentive to actually putting the work in and saying like, you guys got done first, there's extra credit or like incentive, you can incentivize that too. Like um, if you are saying whoever gets this done by the end of the period, um, it's a hundred. And if dude's cheating, just make a note. I would, I don't even tell them that they have a zero right away. I just let them cheat. And then I just give them the zero later, but I talk to them about it and say like, Hey, look, I saw you just copying off someone else's paper. Like that's not putting in the work. That's like watching someone else do push-ups and hoping you get muscles also. So, um, I think that that might work. And I've done it a bunch of times and I'll probably do it this week when we work on stuff in class. So that's why I would give it a shot. Uh, Nika, Naika, and your name. Maybe that was wrong. I'm going with that. Um, sorry, I say people's names wrong all the time. I apologize. I have a handful of students who have asked that they not be required to present in front of the class. How do you address this without having to provide an alternative for everyone else, seniors? So I would say one of the things I do is like some, I used to make everyone do it no matter what. But what I found was I would have students that were really shy or re like this was not a thing that they could do. So what I the, the only alternative I provide is you have to pick five or so friends or classmates, like whatever, or I'll provide them for you. You come in after school or during lunch and you present the thing, but it's still in front of people. It's just people that you feel more comfortable with, which is sometimes even more awkward. Um, it's like you pick the people and you show up and do the thing, but you have to present and it can't just be in front of me because that's super weird. Um, and you have to get start getting used to what that's like because in college and in life, sometimes you have to speak in front of people, whether it's the school board or whether it's um, the PTA or, or it's a, a board meeting that you're at or, or whatever. Um, that provides a safe alternative for students. And if they don't have someone, then what I'll do is just ask five or six of my best guys that are like, going to pay attention that are going to be courteous to sit in the room too. So that you don't have to be nervous. And then it's a much smaller number that really works well. Kimberly Wallback, my buddy is asking, what is your favorite thing to do in your free time? Do we have free time anymore? Uh, I feel like we used to. No, I kind of left uh, question. No, I, I like anything. So I have a workshop in my backyard. Um, I have a very small shed, but I like custom made into a workshop. And that's my favorite place to be like, and it doesn't even have to be doing anything. Like I'm like usually building something or making something or customizing something in my room. But just if I go in there and like, just organize and like have a beer in the middle of the afternoon, it's like, or sometimes in the winter, I'll just sit on a lawn chair, right? In the, in the, <laughs> Yep. In there, I look like Wilson from. Uh, you have taken a heater in there. You took the space yeah. heater. Yeah, a space year. heater and just sit in there and like put on some music. <laughs> it's just something about it. It's probably because my favorite smells. Is sawdust. So it just. Or does it say that you don't want to hang out with your family? No, it's I'm just not. So it's a different know. environment. It's quiet. It is. It feels it's insular it's really and secure. Funny. 
and it's all organized and stuff. So it's just like just sitting in there. It's just magical. That's my favorite thing to do. Or garden in the summer. I love gardening like crazy. Uh, that's why I want to live on a farm so I can have a giant garden. Uh, Deanna Owens is asking, how do I motivate students who are, are to complete an online health course? I teach freshman seminar and they work on the course every Friday in class. I give them a weekly grade for increased completion. Uh, so I would, I think I would, I think everything is always about explaining to students why this is actually important and then talking about that. So talking about things like health and wellness are important for students. I mean, guys that I teach, like we, we had a time last year and this isn't really exactly related, but it just shows, it shows that like the, if you can gauge the interest, we were talking about something like I'd heard from a very trusted friend that KFC had to change their name technically because Kentucky Fried Chicken won. Um, the, one of the reasons I heard was that it just it doesn't sound healthy. Fried chicken, like no one wants to eat that. So I guess we're like tricking ourselves that this is actually like a healthy option. Um, but that this is what I heard. I do not know this is real. KFC, don't get mad at me. Uh, even though I've eaten there once in the last 42 years, I think. And they, and they, got, uh, that was the one time we ate KFC was for your birthday. Yes. I also didn't want me KFC when I had a crazy she was pregnant. Was I didn't eat it though because that it looked like dog. Is it the only two times? Anyway, um, I we talked about like how the chickens were raised at for and sort of and the kids were like, what are you talking about, man? Like they pump them with these hormones and this is what that happens with that and then. We, that turned into this big giant thing where like kids started being mindful of what they were eating and like what happens to your corn when it's created and what's the difference between organic and not organic and what foods do you have to have organic and what foods doesn't matter if they're organic like it just started this whole big conversation but the students had zero idea so I think if you can take whatever it is that you need them to do connect it to their own life so then now it becomes useful meaning for them then that's the goal but if it can't if you can't do that then it's going to be a harder sell for students to be able to do that or to want to do it. What you got, dude? So this is, Maisie Anderson is, asked, is saying, I've been here in a while, but I'm pretty, but I have a pretty impactful question. My sister had mental issues and they are conflicting with my school life. What should I do? Your sister has conflicting mental issues, has mental issues. Uh, in, in what way? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put anything there too much, but I'm not sure, like, if it could be slightly more specific in a way that doesn't, like, uh, put you or your sister on blast, like, it would be easier to answer that question because I'm not exactly sure. Like, how is it conflicting, I guess? I'm, yeah, it's like, yeah. what in particular is the question? Yeah, and then I'd be happy to answer that, like, it's... Okay, here you go. Um, welcome to This Amazing Life. It's asking, okay, so this is kind of a random question. And as you know, what are you doing? No. Oh, oh, I skipped it. Yeah. I will come back to your question in one moment. And that's, I'm just trying to go in order so that no one feels left out. Uh, is there really ageism in teaching, hiring, or being overqualified? I have been struggling to get a job for a year. Any advice? Is really, um, dude, I don't know. Yeah, I would say my sense would be that... There's all, there's probably, I mean, it depends on the school, right? Like, like younger teachers are less expensive. People with, with experience are like really expensive. And so especially deciding like certain like subject areas, like if you're a science teacher or science slash special ed or just special ed, like those are like, that's, that's money right there. Like those folks can make more money at least in, in my district. Um, so I would say that the older you get, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I've never experienced that. And I don't think of it that way when we hire people. Um, I do tend to think of like, I wonder about young people who come off as really, really confident in what, in their capabilities when they haven't really taught yet. Um, uh, I like confidence, but I think like when you are, when you oversell yourself, like you're going to crush it. And it's like, if you want to crush it, if these are all the things you want to try, if you're really excited about it, that's one thing. But when you're just like, oh, no, I'm going to annihilate everything in the class. It's like, I don't know that you've ever done that before. So 
that may be it. Um, I would say if you want a job, I think it's about knowing people. If you've been trying for a year, I would look at are there particular schools that you want. So if I was in that school program in or some foot in the door like that. And then once you're in there, if they do look for a teacher, they might ask you. You could also um, <clears throat> look for something like, uh, I don't know, man, that's a tricky question. Let me, Sorry. I know you're not really listening. I don't I'm know. Not. I, it's not like you wouldn't necessarily have an answer either just because <laughs> you don't teach, but like, like how would you possibly get a job if you're, if you've been struggling for a year? Um, I don't know. I think part of it's like if ageism is, a, is, a, is in your mind and you're questioning if that's a, a part of it, maybe you talk a lot about how you're up to date on different things, like what you do to stay up to date and relevant and continue your, your, your own professional development. I mean, there's so much that's offered <clears throat> for teachers, like I think online, yeah. like professional development, like, so it's like, I don't know, talking that you even watch YouTube videos. Like that's a whole nother, there's tons of great teachers yeah. on YouTube or Instagram or, I mean, I just think those are ways you're staying on top of being yeah. relevant. Yeah. I think I person. would also, I'm, I'm going to throw this out to, to all of you. If you couldn't get a job within a year, um, <clears throat> what are some ways that some of you have tried to get a job or if that I don't do, nor have I had an issue because I like to neighborhoods that like people weren't fighting for my job like i don't know how many other people showed up for the position i was in so that i would I'd be mindful of that too so like me like is there anyone in here that That's has so tracy's saying you may have to move to an area that has a greater need for teachers titles or geographically yeah, yeah. that's that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking I, I, so yeah I don't always have an answer. I don't think I have an answer. I know. I feel like you've had a couple of this. I have, but Tracy Pinter has the answer, so I don't have to be the only one. Back up. Savannah. Oh wait, this isn't this isn't the one. Where's the other one? I told. Oh, that amazing life. I. Yes. Yeah, okay. This amazing life. Oh my goodness. So this is kind of a random question to ask, and as you know, I'm a student. I'm doing my ELA homework. Do you have an example of a compound sentence? I can't find examples that I understand. Um. Do I have an example of a compound sentence off the top of my head? No, and now I feel weird, but somebody else is going to. Could we have a- Oh, uh, they did, they answered yes. it all in All right, there. awesome. Leah Who did Pratt, it? I think. Leah Pratt, good work. Um, yeah, I just knew, like, I'm like, we could have a whole slew of them. Uh-oh, the battery's gonna die on this. Can you get the charger? Because oh. we're on point tonight, girl. Oh, that's because we were playing with our kids. We right were, we were playing we Legos with our kids and making Star Wars chips <laughs> and listening to the Star Wars soundtrack. Did you put your hood up? Yeah, because my hair is a mess. I wonder what you All right, you look like it. Like, you look like the totally secret wife now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one was Savannah Rant. How do you handle a coworker who you're supposed to share certain duties with, but she is very abrasive and doesn't want to delegate the tech? And doesn't want to delegate the tests, and she is very busy all the time and hard to talk to. Uh, I think, gosh, that is a good question. I've worked with folks before that we were supposed to like share specific duties with, right? Um, and when people don't pull their weight, it's either about having a hard conversation or coming up with a schedule. So like saying like, hey, look, I scheduled this out. So like, we know when you're doing this and I'm doing this, we know when these things are due, whatever it is, you're kind of like putting that out there so that it is, so everyone knows what they're, what is due when it's due and reminding them maybe of when you do the thing that you do to kind of remind them. So I'm thinking about in the past, um, I've had folks like co-teachers that were supposed to do like um i had a woman that i worked with years ago that was supposed to do like behavior trackers for for special education and so she took some of them and i took the other ones but then what i what was happening because i was the main teacher in the classroom is the special ed department would come to me and be like dude where's where's the other half of your trackers and i'm like damn it's not my job like that was her like we made this decision but they didn't want to hear that so what ended up happening was 
I would do the ones I was supposed to do. And I would say, hey, um, just letting you know that I finished my trackers. If you need any input on yours, please just let me know. Um, and if you want and saying that finished mine, if you want to see them, they're in this particular folder on the Google Drive thing. And that's that. And then that is kind of like another them, like do your thing. Or, hey, I'm going outside, like, uh, sometimes they need us like on Fridays, to, like go out in front of the school to kind of like help kids like leave because they just all congregate in front of the school. And so if the whole first floor say is supposed to go out there and not everyone goes out there, everyone's supposed to be in the hallway in between classes and not everyone else is in the hallway. It's making a point in, 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 in a way that doesn't come off as like, Hey, look at me, but like, Hey, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be outside. Um, like I'll poke my head into a class and be like, yo, I'm going out front now. I'm going to go down to this corner. And that just puts someone on notice like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. Or oh, now, now I have to go do it. So it's like that kind of gentle reminder to be able to do that. That's what I would do. Uh, Anna Kay is asking, how do you make your – how do you make sure you cover all the state common core standards? I hate to teach to the standards, but I also feel pressure to. Bro, Wait, bro you have no clue. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was about to say, wait, before you answer that question, don't forget, you have another one, another question that somebody asked you already. I was just trying to remind you, you have another question. Thanks, man. It was the question of uh, what thing are you scared of the most? Or oh, the, the story? Yeah. Do you have a story that you think is creepy or scary? No. I have too many scary things. Okay. Yeah, me too. We, we are in the same boat together on that one, buddy. Um, um, I think what I try and do is, uh, I, when I used to really, really pay attention to this, I would check off on a box. Like, so I would make like almost like a Google spreadsheet and everything in there. And then I would just make sure that I'm checking things. So like on the front end, I would put it as part of my unit plan. So for each unit, I was doing like the same ones for that unit. And then for the next unit, I would hit all the other ones so that we didn't have to do every single standard for every single lesson plan. It was like making sure you're hitting everything like a couple of times a year. So if I have five units, then I break them into, I take those, those pieces and I break them into five different parts. And then I, that's what I'm doing. And so, because you're going to have overlap like crazy anyway, but that made it more digestible to me to take all those things I was supposed to be hitting and break them into those five units. So like, Maybe there was like a set of however many in these lesson plans and then these lesson plans and so on and so forth. So that just made it easier for me. That might be a good answer. Might be terrible. I'm not really sure. Um, Brennan Striegel? I think I got that right. Brennan, here's your question. I'm the only fifth grade teacher at my school and I have one student who sometimes I feel like is smarter than me. He's extremely advanced and probably bored. Any ideas on how to keep him challenged? Brennan, um, gosh, that's a really great question. Um, I don't teach fifth grade, but when I have students that are advanced, I change the work then. So, and I let them know that that's the case. So they might have um, added, so what, what, what I usually see in, in, if anyone else teaches like younger kids and they, and they deal with this stuff, um, like, please, please feel free to answer this. But for me, it's like kids that answer things too quickly or, or like get the work done early, kids that read the whole book in like no time. And then like you are like, wait, we're only in the beginning and you've already finished and you remember everything. So this is pointless for you. Um, it's about giving them alternative assignments that really challenge them. So like go several grade levels up and, and look, or like I would talk to teachers say like a grade what are you doing with your particular students that would be challenging for the students like are they looking deep at the at what they're doing are they um are they reading at a deeper level are they being hard text and so almost giving like independent work study time where maybe you know i remember in the past my friend randy rebuy uh who has a book out now called the patron state of nothing and is a really great writer Randy used to 
sit with the student um, during lunch and kind of like give him like the 10, 15, 20 minute like push of like, this is your lesson that you're going to work on. And then class is just time to implement that. And he only had to do it like several times a week, but he would sit with that kid and, and help him on his level. And then class time was really just time to do the thing that he needed to do. And that really seemed to help that student. So it's like, don't, don't pretend that they're, that they're the same. Don't, you know, like actually give them work that's more difficult, but let them know. Like, and I would also maybe call home and ask the parents, like what has worked in the past? Like, I get where your student is. I want to help them this year, but also not only just help them this year, but next year when that next teacher has the same issue, it's like, you can give them the heads up of like, yo, this is what I did last year when I was working with this particular student. Um, and mom and dad are going to know what happened like in the past. So that is a really good way to kind of like figure out what has already worked. What are their strengths? What do the parents think are their weaknesses? Like where are areas that they feel need growth and that could happen also. And maybe, I mean, if your school is a gifted program, like look into that and see if they have some sort of gifted program that that student can be involved in as well. Uh, Amy Russell, my buddy is asking, I have a meeting this week with an irate parent of a student who will miss sports and activities due to school's grading policy. I hate the confrontation. How do I keep from internalizing this? Um, Amy, coming from a person that really doesn't like when people don't like me, that's like one of my my weak points in my personality, like it's a, it's a, per, it's a weak point and it's a strength too, because what it does is it puts me, it keeps me wanting to, to help people, but sometimes it makes me a fixer and that can be an issue also. I think meeting with parents and saying something like, um, this is, I mean, if there's any parents watching this, they all know that I do this all the time. They're, they're going to figure it out it's reminding parents that I'm only here to help your child, that that's what I want to do. Like the school's policy is the school's policy. And that I have very little to do with that. Like I don't create policy, but I only want your child to be successful. So it's not about when parents try and say, but you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this. It's like, I did maybe, and that's what happened. But what I need you to know is that I only want your kid to be successful. So let's figure out some ways going forward your child can find success. So if they need this grade, if they need this situation, if they need their grade, like if they need to bring it up by this time, like let's take a look at that. Coming up this week, these are all the assignments that are due. If they put all those in, their grade could go up by this number of points. Um, or in the next two weeks or in the next month or before the end of the marking period, like this is how your child can help their grade. And this is when I'm available to help before school, during school, after lunch, whatever. Um, and I think painting that picture of what you need to do to be successful is a lot better than painting the picture of this is what you did to screw up. Painting the picture of what it was to screw up is only useful if you're saying, this is what I've seen so far that it hasn't worked. But look, if you want it, like, fine, this is it's like, this is how you got overweight. But what are we going to do? Judge ourselves and beat ourselves up for that. Let's talk about what we're going to do to get fit. And that works better, right? Like, it's just like a better conversation. I know even with my wife, it's like talking about the things that hurt your feelings. Um, I'm good. Um, talking about the things that hurt your feelings are only good if we're going to identify and then figure out how to move that piece forward, move the needle in the right way. And I think that that's what you do. And so I would have that conversation with yourself of what that's going to be like. And then that might help you from internalizing it. And the only other thing I really do that helps me get out of that mindset when I just keep stewing in that, it's like someone's mad at me, someone's mad at me, someone's mad at me, is I have to shock my system. I have to like laugh my ass off or work out really hard or meditate for a long time, sit with it, and then imagine it going right. Like those are the sort of things I have to do to get out of that. Um, I think this is the next question. Sandra, right? Remember? Okay, so Sandra is asking, after teaching in, a tr in traditional high schools, then homeschooling my children, birth to high school, I have strong desire to teach, but cannot stomach going back into a one-size-fits-all education system. So what do you do with that? Um, teach in a private school. Yeah, what if you taught at a private school? Or what if you taught at like a... a 
what's the school what kind of school we want Marley to go to? Friends school, Montessori Montessori school, school, or, school or something like that. Um, and I think, look, I, I don't want to, I, I want to speak to the folks that might be thinking this, but I'm not saying you're thinking this. For me, always teaching in a private school has been like a, like a, like I just feel like I felt like I was more needed at a school like mine. I'm not, I, I, I definitely think that's true, but I just think more than ever that all schools need good teachers. Like all kids need people that care because not, because I think that social emotional piece is harder for people than they think, or that create, like there's just certain things that like, um, I don't know that all children get. So like thinking about what your gifts are and how you could bring those to a school that would be more fitting for you because no one wants a teacher that's going to teach something begrudgingly or in a school that doesn't really fit them. So it's like finding the right school. I actually went out with some colleagues last night. My friend Sarah got married. That was like a reunion of my school. Like all these teachers that have moved on over the years and some of the ones that are still there all came together. And then talking to certain teachers, um, like my buddy Bluth, who found, who's working at a really, really nice school now. And he's so happy to be there. Like, to, he was like, my year's great. Like, this is how it's different from what I came from. This is why I'm really pleased with it. And so it's just wonderful to hear someone feel like they found their niche. They found the right school for them. So I think, yeah, go out and try and find the right school for you. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I know that's easier said than done, but like, just start putting those feelers out there. And like I said, like maybe you can start tutoring some of the kids from that school or working as part of something else going on to get your foot in the door. Because once they know who you are and they see how wonderful you are, they're going to be a lot more likely to sort of like come around and, and hire you for something permanent. You have another one? That's all high from Turkey. No, What's you, up? Are, That's awesome. you didn't go back to where I was. Oh, you I just skipped a bunch of questions. a ton, I oh, think. Did you do this one? I just cheated. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go back. Uh, Robert. No, I don't. I don't remember this name. Robert Jason is asking how question. How do you thanks for putting the cue on there, buddy. Um, what do you say to students who, after you correct their egregious behavior, exclaim, but I didn't do anything. It's you see this all the time. We literally at my school. So we have security cameras and my buddy will pull, who's the head of security will pull up on his phone, like a kid, like doing a thing. And he goes, the kid will say, I didn't do that. And it's like, well, look, we have you on camera right here. Like it shows that you did the thing. And they're like, oh, that's not me. Nope. Nope. They have like the same clothes on as you. And they, that's you. Like, look at the face. Like it's, it's you. And they're like, that's not me. So I just don't, I just don't have that conversation. I go, here's what happened. This is what, like, this is why you got the grade that you got, or you took the zero or whatever, like, this is the repercussion for that thing, but I didn't do anything, but it wasn't even me. And I go, okay, but, but it was. And if you want to have that conversation later, like come talk to me after school, I'm be more than happy to hear this. And I think that's the answer. It is right now is not the place or time to have this conversation. If you want to show up after school during lunch, something like that, I'd be more than happy to have this conversation with you. But what I'm not going to do right now is this. And then that conversation looks like, if it's nine times out of 10, that student doesn't show up. They just like take the loss like a ball and they leave. They do come in and they are adamant that it didn't happen. I always say, maybe I'm wrong, but if you're me and I paint the picture for them, I'm on this side of the classroom. I look over and you're doing this thing and this is what I see. What would you think if you were me? And then they're going to go, but I didn't do it. That's not the question that's being asked. Right now, the question being asked is, if for me, and this is, this is what you witness, what are you to think in that moment? And so that helps sometimes paint a picture for kids of like, look, I'm juggling fire here, man. Like I'm in charge of 30 some students and we're taking a test or we're doing an assignment or working on a project. I got all these moving pieces and I look over and doing this, like, like I am not, it's like, it is like being a referee in an NFL game alone like there's not other referees or there's no like time to like look at the cameras and see the instant playback it's like nope it's trying to do the best that i can so like look at that what's going on here sometimes i'll give the kid the out and i'll say going forward like i'll take your word for it i'll trust you going forward knowing that if i see this again 
like this is these are like this is the judgment call that I need to make. Do you understand where I'm coming from? And then that just helps the situation. So sometimes you're giving grace, sometimes you're not, but you're helping the kids see that through your your eyes. And then maybe asking them, like, what would you do in that situation? Like, how would you like me to better handle that situation next time? And that helps also sometimes. Like asking kids what they want to see happen really, really helps sometimes the next time. But then you clear saying, this is what I need to see next time too. So if I see this again, bro, it's a wrap. Like you're you're going to take the loss like a boss. And that that helps. What do you got, dude? Um, I think it's do. Uh, do I instead of did I? Okay. Uh, this name's going to be a struggle for me. <laughs> Spell it. Picolio? Garcia. I'm going to say I just got it right. Um, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I hope that's your name and I didn't mess it up. I have to love my students. Um, no. I don't I don't know that love is required. Um, I think love for the job and for the work you're doing is going to make anything you're doing better. So do I love teaching? Yes. Do I love the profession? Not all the time. Like, it's just like, there's too much nonsense involved. There's too much politics. There's too much paperwork for me to love the whole thing. There are aspects of my job that I love that are really important to me that make me love my job. Uh, I don't know that I love, I wouldn't say I love all my students from the jump. I care about them deeply and I want to see them succeed. I think love comes from being with the same students for a time, being going through stuff together and then come out the other side and you start feeling this other feeling. Um, but I don't want to say you have to love your students. That's not even a place that people want to go to. Like, there's a lot of teachers that are just like, nope, that's too close to like this. And I'm not willing to go there because then it gets, it gets hairy in there sometimes, right? Like you got dogged on Twitter for that. I did. I said something about loving a student and someone was like, no, you can't do that. Like, because there's too much weird stuff going on in the world where like teachers are hooking up with students and like it goes the wrong way and students read things the wrong way or teachers read things the wrong way. And next thing you know, someone's making a dumb mistake. Like I can, it's, it's, it's weird. So it's it's not, it's not a dualistic thing. It's like not, I love them or I don't love them. Like, um, no, no, you don't have to care about your students and their success and your content. Yes. Do you have to love your students? My short answer is going to be no. And I might change the answer yeah, later. But yeah. too much gray area with love. There can be. Yeah, I think, and I think there can be gray area. It's like there's like feel that out. There doesn't have to be like one or the other. It's like, no, like different teachers for different stuff. And not like here's a good thing. There's so many professionals in your building. There's so many great teachers that are working in, in this thing that like not all of us have to be the best at everything. That's the beauty of being part of a community. It's like um, one of my favorite stories as a kid, and this, I hope I'm not going off topic here, is um, the stone soup story where like someone only has a stone, they put it in water and boil that water, but they don't have anything else for it. But their friend comes over and they have some celery and somebody else has some tomatoes and somebody else has like some chicken or something like that. And you start putting it together and everyone's bringing what they need to make a soup that everyone can enjoy. And I think that's that's what teaching should be like. It's like, I'm not good at everything, but I'm part of a community that's pretty damn good at most stuff. So I get to be, I get to enjoy the, the kind of the fruits of that. Uh, Jesse Brunette is saying, I'm a new teacher and I have my first observation on a day after standardized tests. Tips, tricks, advice to make the transition smoother. I think Jesse, do what you do and don't apologize for anything, and don't try and fit everything in. I'm not into playing the teacher observation game, even though I know it's important. And But here's how I think you win, no matter what you do. I think telling someone before they come in, even if they just come in, so sometimes people will come in and they sit at my desk and they're like, no, 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 I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to talk to you. But you have to talk to me because I have to let you know what you're seeing. And I'll say, keep an eye on this area over here. I'm in See, like we would say this because watch this is what's going to happen probably with them is like they're not going to pay attention or they get finished early or whatever it is um then here's like what we're going through today like maybe have like a little handout for them and say like this is what you can expect to see in my class today then when it's done i think when they go these are the things i think you should fix i think leaning into that and saying that's really interesting that you would say that can you tell me a little bit more about that or 
Um, you know, I think it's, I think you might have gotten this wrong. Let me paint the picture, not so I can be right, so that you have a clear understanding of what I was trying to do there. And then what would you do in the future to make that better? So I think the best thing about observations is the follow-up afterwards and then saying, getting very, very clear goals as to what you should do the next time they come in. And then keep that in mind. Then the next time you get observed, say, on that piece of paper, these were the goals that you wanted to see me fix. Here's how I plan to implement changes in my classroom. You're going to see these met. So you're not just like hoping they get it. It's like you going back to love, either telling someone you love them or like, or hoping that they get the idea that you love them. It's like, just tell them the thing. And that, that creates like, now you don't have to paint the picture for them. Now you're like saying, here it is. This is me. This is what I'm going to do to achieve the goal. And then showing them, I think that's how you do it. Uh, Paul music is saying question. What do you do when your students talking? Um, there's hundred things you can do for this. So I will, Here's a short list from good to questionable. Um, one is when that bell rings, we start. On my board, it says the pre-class, what you need to have on your desk. So when you come in, you can be talking, but know that the train, when the bell, like the train whistle goes, and then the train is moving and maybe you make it and maybe you don't. Um, I've actually been thinking about showing a scene from uh, Darjeeling, is it, how am I I'm saying that wrong, limited. Um, the Wes Anderson movie about the three guys. And there's that scene uh -huh. either at the beginning or the end of the movie where they're like running to catch the trainer, like throwing their bags on it yeah. and they have to like jump on. That's such a great metaphor for school. Cause it's like, if we're not ready, then the train's moving. So tomorrow what will happen is to give you an idea of what this looks like in my class, the bell rings immediately. Um, you're supposed to have your journal on your desk. Your journal is kept in my classroom. So there's no reason that you should lose it or it should be in your locker. I then, Start it once I see everyone understands the question. Once I explain it, I say, You now have five minutes to answer this. It's only five to eight sentences, so it's not like it's hard. Um, and if I feel like everyone's working and they need a little bit more time, cool, but five minutes is a pretty good amount of time. When that five minutes is up, I go, I let them know, like, you have two minutes left, you have one minute left. If you have any questions, if you need any help, if you need a little push, let me know, I'll help you out with it. The end of that five minutes, okay, I need you to now take out your note cards and we're going to do vocab. So then we go from one activity immediately to another. I change the slot and the first vocab word comes up and now we're doing that. I give, there's a little bit of a grace period, right? Where I see like dudes that are actually working. That's who I'm gauging my time on. Guys that are talking are not, I'm not focusing on you anymore um, because I'm moving forward with this because it, they're, it's going to fix itself. Um, so now we are doing vocab words when they're copying stuff down. I'm watching for five or six kids, usually five, that are not fast writers, but are on point. So even the kid that writes super slow and neat and has to have everything just so, I'm watching him. And as soon as he's done, I flip to the next slide. So now dudes that are talking are like, wait, 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 go back to that word. Sorry, because if I go back to that word, what's going to happen? I'm going to lose the attention of the rest of the class. So right now, we're about 50-50, and I need the 50% that aren't doing work to hurry up. I don't need these guys to slow down. So then we go on to the next word, and we go through those five words, and they will always say, can you please go back so I can just get that first word? I'm sorry. No, but you can make a friend that's near you. I copied it down. Maybe they'll let you have those one or two note cards so you can catch up. Then we go back to talking about the journal entry, right? So now it's if guys weren't finished the journal entry, you can't share what you wrote because you didn't write anything, and you have to have the minimum to be able to speak. So I'll walk around and say, someone has their hand up and they want to share. Great, man. Do you want to share? Uh, bro, you only have two sentences. I can't let you share right now. Who has five sentences? And then I don't even deal with it anymore. What you're doing is building an incentive so that you can share, so you can be a part of what we're doing because it's fun, because it's funny or whatever. But if you're not paying attention, the train moving, then we move on to reading or whatever we're doing next. What I'm doing is timing things and moving forward at a clip that's not trying to crush everyone. It's monitoring the room for people that are doing what they're supposed to be so that we can keep moving on. And then those kids that are falling behind, it's holding them back at the end of the day or at the end of the week and saying, here's what I'm noticing this week. You're not finding success or you're not getting these grades in or papers in or completed or finding mastery, whatever it is, because these are your sort of shortcomings. 
right? And again, like I said earlier, this is what you're doing wrong, but now let's talk about what that would actually look like to find success. The other thing I do is putting on the board, I started doing this just the other week, putting on the board everything that this week is going to bring you number of points, the number of success, the amount of mastery that you want. This is what that would actually look like. Like this is the minimum you'd have to do to find success this week. That really helps also. And when all that fails, I just score kids with a water pistol. Because when you keep talking and that sort of shock comes to your system, you win. And now everyone's paying attention because you squirted their leg and their pants are wet now. That's not a good thing for everyone, right? All the comments that I'm about to get just know that squirting kids with water pills isn't for everybody. Um, Summer Tate is asking, how I've been doing a lot of brain breaks this year. I teach seventh grade. Awesome. Um, which helped a great deal with rapport and quality of work. Do you have a go-to brain break for your students? I play music and we have dance parties in a lot of my classes uh, where I will, um, my son and daughter love Go Noodle. And so in, when you're elementary, that was cool. So what I, I started using Go Noodle in high school and it was just kind of funny or like ridiculous enough that kids would go with it. But a lot of times I'll play music and to behind someone's journal entry and then i'll just like let it keep going like you know can't get enough of your love baby by uh by who's my man with a super deep voice can't get enough of your love baby <laughs> looking at you girl um barry white so that just makes people dance or showing like a really quick youtube video of like just something cool like that i would do for weird friday but i'd say like oh, you know real quick this just made me think of that so I'm always thinking about what we're doing and what it might make me think of. So the other day, I realized we needed a break. Um, we're reading the Odyssey. And so I just start thinking of parts of the Odyssey that showed up in other movies or videos. So SpongeBob SquarePants has the scene where like he has this bag of wind and that comes from the, from the Odyssey. There's a part from Percy Jackson. There's parts from, what was the other video we watched? I forget. Um, but like just different stuff that has these little scenes from the odyssey and then that's enough of a break then we jump back into what we're doing and keep going and so that's what i do or you know what's a really great one sporkle s-p-o-r-c-l-e sporkle.com has really quick um like game so it'll have things from here's a bunch of images of of uh symbols or like the branding for for mcdonald's for john deere for whatever and then the students have to see how many they notice and you just put them in. It takes two minutes and 35 seconds. Or um, one of my favorites is hip hop artists, actual names. And then can you match up like what's Ice Cube's real name, Ice T's real name, Cardi B's real name, like, and th that's what you're doing. And then that's, or like all the characters from Family Guy, it's all their pictures. And then the kids have to see if they remember their names from the show. And that's, that's a fun one too. Maisie Anderson is asking. Oh, no, oh, no. we did that is, one. No, she, oh, oh, okay. No, she has a follow-up. Okay, follow is asking. I've been so. This was the question I had to do with like sister had a mental some kind of mental issue, right? Um, I've been I've had to leave school a lot, and she has done a lot of property damage to the house. I have anxiety and depression because of it. So she's finding it hard to get to school and to Yeah. So. Meezy, I'm gonna say that this isn't a, this isn't a quick answer for like here. What I really do is like reach out to someone at school, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a social worker, or someone like that. What they're gonna do is have they have access to resources that will help. And I realize that like, that, and this is not a diss to counselors or, or anything like that sometimes you might not feel a kinship to someone like that. So it can be harder to ask. So maybe going to a trusted friend in school, someone that, that you can share this with, that might know the situation that you can sit there with and explain everything that's going on. They might know the resources that are available as well. Um, if anyone in the comment section has a resource or knows where to sort of ask for help for something like this too, that would be really appreciated. But this is going to be bigger yeah. that it's like sometimes we are not enough to handle particular situations, right? So like I know and not to, I'm not trying to like uh, to match these two things up necessarily, but I'm thinking like 
when my air conditioner breaks, I don't know how to fix it. I got to go somewhere else. And I know that it sucks. I know that it's hot. I know that I could pro- maybe watch some YouTube videos, and but I don't have time like that. I want it fixed here and now. So I reach out to someone that knows how to do it. Um, I know with my own sort of like mental, for my own mental clarity, there are times when I would tell my wife, like, I need to go speak with someone. I need to like work this out with somebody else. I need to share what's going on in my life. And so it's about reaching out to people that are in the know and trusting that they know more than we do so we can get the help of the people that we love that need it the most. So that's what I would do. Um, and again, if there's someone in here that can that can help with that, that might be able to, to, to do something, or if there is someone at school that you can reach out to that would really be able to help you out as well. Like I think that's that's the best avenue to go down because then you can really share what's going on, really find the best possibly help for you and your sister, and then that's it. But it's going to take that that level of vulnerability, which can be tricky. Um, but it takes that kind of courage to go forward and to reach out and say, I can't handle this. Can you help me? And then trust that they will help you. Um, so sometimes questions are a little bit tricky, and then I have to go on to the next one. I don't want to make light of that one, but that's just kind of the nature of what's going on here. So uh, yes. David Nixon is asking, um, and then we go into this question, which is, you've got a cool hairstyle. What's your routine? Right now, David, I don't have a cool hairstyle. Right now, my hair looks like uh, soft and weird. Um, Flat. I have literally thought about making, I get this question so often in emails, that I've thought about making a video of how I do my hair, but that makes me feel so weird that I would make like a essentially like a makeup video that it seems odd uh i use i use a there's a blow dryer involved and some hair gel i don't know and a blow dryer yeah i said that one already no (laughs) i don't know i don't you just blow it up right and chris carson said a hair video yes um, and we killed Unicorn's Rock. She's dead. So <laughs> I don't, I have an answer for that, but I'm starting to blush and I will think about making that video. Uh, <laughs> next question quickly. Uh, Jessica is asking, I'm a high school student who's struggling with chronic illness and pain and miss a lot of school. I've got a 504, but what else can I do to make it easier for teachers to accommodate this? Jessica, I think, you know, one of the things I appreciate from students when that kind of thing happens, it, like when they have like a 504 plan, when they have depression issues, when they are, whenever they're going through whatever they're going through. One, I don't want anyone to share anything that makes them feel uncomfortable because um, that can just be overwhelming and, and even more of a problem. What I can, what I appreciate though, in as much as a student can give me is a clear understanding of what's going on. I think sometimes Sometimes students think that teachers understand what's going on because mom sent in something or the nurse sent you a quick email, but it doesn't really let you know. I I like finding things out. Like if something, if a student had a death in the family, if they went to a funeral, but the funeral was for someone that was really close and not like their uncle's sister's aunt's cousin and their mom was going so the kid had to go and they don't really know who that is. Like having a clear understanding of those sorts of things helps because then you can really help a child. So like, for instance, um, I have a student uh, last year who um, their grandmother was really sick for a while. And then, so they missed like a week of school because mom was taking care of grandma. She was in hospice. She passed away. And the student came back and they wanted to know what, what work they were missing. All we knew was that the student was out for a week and that there had been a death in the family. I didn't realize that it was someone that like had literally helped raise them. So when I found that out, it was like, Oh no, you don't have to do any makeup work. Like for like you're going through enough already. Like, and a week's worth of work isn't going to decide whether or not you pass or fail for the year. It's not going to decide whether or not you master something or not master something. But knowing what's going on helps. So I think as much as you feel comfortable, like maybe sending an email to your teachers or talking to them in person and saying, like, look, this has been my life. This is what's happened. And um, and I just want you to know, I think it might be a really good idea too to let like your parents look at that or whoever your guardian is to say like, hey, look, this is what I'm, 
I don't want to overshare. I don't want to overstep my bounds. Do you think this is a professional email? They just put people on notice and just let them understand where you're coming from so that they can help work with you in the best way possible. Um, and, and, you know, I think part of that is what would you like to see happen? Like knowing that you need to graduate, that you need to move on in school, that you need to learn stuff. Like what would you like to see teachers do or how would you like to see them act towards you? to help you to be the best student that you can this year. I think that would really be a good move on your part. Um, Jacqueline Longley is saying, what do you think about flexible seating? I'm concerned with implementing flexible seating next year. Wait, uh, I'm considering rather implementing flexible seating for next year. It would only be my second year teaching in middle school. Um, should I wait to have more experience? Nope, uh, I wouldn't wait at all. Uh, I think flexible seating is awesome if you can do it. I do it limitedly because I know my students, I would, man, I would love to teach in a room that had no desks. I think desks suck. They don't, they're not conducive to anything but quiet order. It's like jail cells. <clears throat> but if I could just have seats anywhere, you can still do assigned seating. You can still do, um, make sure kids are like, if you need someone in the front, they're in the front. If you need someone like in, preferred seating like in the back or to the side or somewhere that's quickly and easily accessible. Like that's fine. It doesn't mean it's like choose your own adventure and it's madness. And I think that the newness of that will wear down eventually anyway. And students come in and it becomes a new normal for them in your class. So I, I do it like there's several different desks in my room for students to stand at, to sit at, to sit on the windowsills, to sit on the couch, to whatever. Um, sit on the floor there. I have a coffee table this year that kids can sit on the floor at that is enough for most of my students. Cause what I found is some students just want a desk. Some students just want a desk. Give me the reading, give me the assignments. I get the points I move on with life. They don't want anything creative or magical or awesome. They just, they're like, they've just been wrapped up in the system for too long. And so it's hard to kind of, kind of shift them out of that or help them to think a different way. Uh, so I think starting off with maybe some alternatives, and for students that have ADHD, students that have a hard time sitting still, students that need to stand up, that kind of thing helps as well to just do like a little bit. But you can even try some of that this year and then keep rolling into it next year. What do you got, dude? I'm not sure you can answer that one. It's getting dark in here because I forgot the light ring. Looks like we're in a cave. Um, better late than broke. That's a great name. That sounds like a kid name for Ben. A flashlight. There you go. Now you can see all my blushing. It's also getting very hot in here for some reason. Uh, any advice for a new teacher? For a new teacher, no experience, and I have a daycare interview tomorrow. <clears throat> if I am interviewing someone, there are the things I want to know is that the place that you're interviewing for is somewhere you actually want to be. If someone comes to my school <clears throat> and I get to be a part of their interview, if you find out that they're or if you get the sense that they're interviewing at five places that day, they just want a job. It's not your school that's magic. That's like going, that's like talking to five different people and figuring out like someone that just wants a date. They just want a hookup. I don't care which one of you gives it to me. I just want the hookup or whatever. And that's what I'm going for. That doesn't build a lot of confidence in someone. So that's, that's what I'm looking for is one, someone that really wants to be here. Somebody that really cares and so they are going to put the time, energy, and effort into this position that truly is going to make a difference in what they're doing. And someone that accepts their limitations. Don't oversell yourself. Don't make yourself seem like you're the greatest possible thing that ever existed in the world. Um, it's knowing what your limitations are and knowing that these are some things that I'm looking like that I can use help with. Um, that. I want to grow areas in which I want to grow, but these are things I bring to the job that I'm, I'm good at. Like, this is part of my personality. This is part of my makeup. This is stuff that I've like tried and, and become better at. So painting that picture for them as well, so that you're not just like trying to be the greatest person that ever showed up for the job ever. That's what I would do. What do you got there, buddy? Hmm. Hmm. Right here. Mm. I was reading one. It wasn't. It was a very nice comment. But oh. question. Um, I love those too. Yeah. Sandra is asking, do you struggle with the limitations traditional school places on your ability to teach and reach your students, i.e. grading, testing, lack of ability to follow student interests? Yes, 100%. So this year, we have period A, 
those periods. And that is extremely difficult. My day is usually filled up with a lot of like my off periods, my, my are a lot of paperwork. It's a lot. Your connection is unstable. Please wait. We are trying to reconnect. Am I still on? You are. It's been glitchy all night. I don't think it's like, oh. I think it's just the weather could be interfering with things. People have been have oh. had to refresh a lot. Okay. Things. So it went away now. So I think we're good. Um, my, my lesson. So I'll teach, I go in a little bit early. I teach my six periods and all my two periods off. I don't, my classroom's still full. Like there's two other classes happening in there. So I'm never in my room alone with, unless it's the end of the day, but at the end of the day, it's filled with children that need help on something. So it's teach six classes, have two periods off in which someone else is in my room. I'm trying to be quiet and respectful in the back of the room and get my stuff done. After school for two days a week, I have either a leadership academy, like an uh, after-school program, or office hours. Then, so that's Monday and Wednesday. On Tuesday, there is another person having office hours in my room, so my room's still not available after school. And then Thursday is usually staff meetings of some sort. And then Fridays, I have available time after school, but that's Friday, man. Like, it's, like the week's done. So it is tricky, um, but I think this is the thing, right? We, we are part of a broken system. I don't know that that's enough for me to not be a part of the system, right? Like it's instead acknowledging what the problem is and what I do, and but I don't recommend everyone go and do this. I just decide what I'm going to do and not going to do. And I just hope that I don't get fired sometimes. Like, like there's emails that I should probably get back to. There's paperwork that I should probably do. There's like my, gosh, I can't believe I say this stuff on the internet sometimes. There are personal, there are professional obligations that I have that if I do not think it is in the interest of the child and it's just in the interest of covering my ass, I'm not interested in doing it. So I just opt out. Um, so, so things like that are special education paperwork is priority for me. Um, the like teaching my students, meeting with them, having conferences with them, like that's all really, really important to me. But like, there are other things that like, I'm not going to like implicate or like uh, <clears throat> incriminate myself, but like, there are just other things I've been asked to do that I just opt out of. And that's how I do that. I can just see a board member watching this feed sometimes and being like, oh, we have video of Reynolds saying. The funny thing is, I don't think anybody's ever going to watch this. Uh, You never know, man. I don't, you don't. I don't know. It's and look, I don't, let me just say this real quick. I don't do any of that out of spite. I don't do any of that out of like trying to like, like damn the man kind of, of mindset. Like I, I damn the man in plenty of other ways, but like, I love my school. I love the teachers I teach with. I think they're trying to do important work. I think even those other weird obligations are like someone trying to help me or help the school be a better place. The fact of the matter is, if there's only if there's 29 hours of things to do and only 24 hours in a day, I got to pick and choose what's really important. And so sometimes I sprint, but I, most of the time I refuse to because I just want to help the students be the best that they can. I know that's the overall vision of the entire school, but it's just like we're also part of a system where like we're still grouping kids by age and not by like ability. We're still putting them in desks, in rows, in classrooms. Um, learning the same way that they largely did 50 years ago. Like someone said, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, that if Rip Van Winkle woke up today, um, the only thing that he would, that would be recognizable to him is the education system. Cause we've been doing the same damn thing for the last hundred years and acting like it's like it fits. Uh, so yeah. What does Adam say? Adam welcome says we're teaching Wi-Fi kids with landline technology or something yeah. like that. Like it's so, yeah. Um, Tears of Grace is asking, how do you balance your family life and spending time with your kids while being a teacher? So this is, let, let me, not to over busy myself, but let, that picture is more like being a teacher, being a dad, being a husband, making YouTube videos, mentoring people on the side, running Upgrade Ed, or being a co-founder of Upgrade Ed, um, writing a book. Um, running every single day for a year. Like there's a, there's a lot of things there. What I have to do is number one, be extremely scheduled. I try to like parcel out like my wife and I. So I always think I can do this much in a day. My wife goes, nope, you're wrong. You can do this many things in a day. And she's always right. And so it's like getting over myself and working with my wife to schedule that. 
I also have a friend, Edie, um, who may or may not be watching this right now. And Edie is my uh, virtual assistant. She lives in Texas, but she like coordinates all of my dates, all my schedules, all my stuff for me. Um, and then it's about figuring out what's actually important. So waking up in the morning, imagining my day, what's important today, and having a radar for what's important. So sometimes that is like one day, last week, two weeks ago, I come home from school and Brody says um, very earnestly, he goes, Dad, before you had a business, we spent a lot more time together doing things. So I literally just canceled everything for the rest of the day. Anything I had to do, took Brody and the dog, and we went to the woods for the afternoon. We hiked, we ate snacks in the woods, which is always fun. Um, today, I had stuff to do in the afternoon, but the kids, Brody was like, can we please spend some time as just a family doing something? And it was another one of those times where like, my kids had to check me. And so I had other stuff to do. I wanted to have that YouTube video already out, but instead I sat here and played Legos and we made Star Wars characters and listened to music and, and that's what we did. Um, or this morning we watched a bunch of YouTube videos together and sat, I had coffee, they ate breakfast and that's what we did together. And so it's, it's being mindful. It is, there's always a million plates to spin. It's paying attention to which plate needs a little bit more energy and which ones are okay at the moment. So there's never work life perfect balance. It's always trying to figure out like you're, you're like DJing, right? So you're like figuring out, what song is make? Uh, that's not really a good example for this one, but um, it's always just trying to pay attention and figuring out from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, from season to season, what really needs to be put in check again. What do you got? Um, that's it. It's, it's after. Okay, cool. So we have to do dinner and, and stuff, and I have a meeting. It's literally it's it's getting and it's hard. look. I look like I'm in a cave. Real quick before you go, one, I will have a YouTube video up within the hour. Um, there we go. Thanks, dude. Um, two, if I can ever help with anything, please. Um, it is very hard for me to get back to everyone's emails anymore. I used to send videos back to everybody that sent me an email. I have a ridiculous number of emails that I've yet to send back because it's I, there's just not enough time to do it. But if you need help, I run a mentoring service. You can sign up for that on my website and I will mentor you and walk you through anything I can possibly help you with. There's also the Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook. That's a free group. It's closed. You just have to answer the questions. We let you in. Um, if you want me to come speak at your school, if you want me to run a PD or school, all that stuff's available. I'm just trying to help in any way that I can. And the book comes out March, 2020. So that hopefully will help some people and inspire them as well. And that's it. Anything else? No. Cool. Thank you. Thanks everyone. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate all the work that you do. I think that you're wonderful. Um, whether you started teaching five minutes ago or 50 years ago, thanks for doing the work. Cause it's, it's hard work to do. And I hope you have a great week and a great night. Peace. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great week. Peace.